Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Well, hello there, and welcome to a very special episode. It's episode 25 of the Soul Forge podcast. I am so glad you're here, so glad you could make it. We have an exciting show in store for you right now. Uh, once again, I'm your host, and a little bit of feedback from episode 24. It's very exciting. Actually, several bits of feedback. Okay, so if you don't remember, uh, last episode, episode 24, was a conversation with my ex-fiance, with my baby mama, with uh, the person I had the longest relationship with. Trisha? Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode and you're listening to this one for some reason first, well, go back and listen to that and uh, that'll explain what I'm about to tell you. This week at work, uh, I think it was Monday, I'm working away, sorting my mail. Kathy comes up to me and says, hey, what's the uh, last name of uh, the ex-girlfriend you were talking about on your last podcast, Lynn. Uh, so I told her, and she's like, no way, what a small world. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, the guy that Lynn married happens to be my brother. I'm like, what? You're, you're Lynn's sister-in-law. And she's like, yep, that's me. I'm like, holy crap, what a small world this is for sure. She's like, yeah. And I, I said, so your your brother is, is married to her. It, does that mean he's the same kind of loser type person that she is and Kathy says oh yeah he's uh he he definitely is he uh I only see him at uh Thanksgiving and Christmas and only because I have to I'm like no way that's that's insane so uh Kathy listens to my podcast and she loves it and uh we're we're connected in in some kind of mystical way because of uh family connections and whatever so that that was Kind of interesting that these kind of things don't happen very often. So not only that, but this morning I woke up and I was checking Facebook like I do in the morning and I came across an amazing response or comment, I don't know what you want to call it, response, critique, feedback. Anyway, here it is. This was a great episode. Trisha was a wonderful guest and it's lovely you both have come to a point post-breakup where you just have the care and fun and have gotten over the events of five years ago and can openly discuss it even to a bunch of strangers. So healthy, and I can tell from listening to you interact, the bond is strong with you guys, not just because of Bishop, and you can kick back and laugh and remember good and bad times without any nastiness and stuff. Trisha's laugh is infectious. Thank you. <laughs> On a general comment, Sean, you're a brave man. I've been listening since episode one and keep meaning to comment, so here's one. My favorite episode so far was the brothers' road trip with revealing stories and fun stuff. But not just what was revealed, but honesty at times about where you've all come from and how things have happened to forge, yeah, pun intended, where your relationships are at now. You have real cojones with this podcast, Sean. Not many would open up so honestly and openly. 
I do wonder at times what some of your exes must think if they listen, but I love that Trisha said she listens in, but you two seem to have found a real good place which can be rare for many ex-couples it seems, so kudos. You put it out there, and honestly and openly, and I really respect that you will do that, especially talking about things you've, you're not proud of, mistakes you've made, etc. And we all have those. But also being able to look back with perspective and share those with strangers out here in internet land. I really enjoy listening, and while I came here through the Rusted Robot podcast, which I've also listened to for the whole run, I do enjoy it. It's different and personal, and appreciate how much of yourself you share and your stories and views. And honesty without sugarcoating, but without also wallowing in things. Accepting the past. Going with where you are and embracing the future possibilities. Kudos to you, Sean, and thank you for the podcast. That was a great way to start my morning. It was uh, it was very emotional, and I thought about it all day, and I, I, I don't know, I... I uh, I sent him a message back thanking him for the comment, and uh, I, I do appreciate it. It's like I've said in previous episodes, we're we're out here podcasting in in internet land, talking into a microphone in a room by myself, and it, it can feel daunting and lonely. And I don't really know who's out there listening, but it turns out that this guy here has been listening since the beginning, and he's listened to all of the Rusted Robot podcasts that I've done since the beginning, and. I've never had any interaction with him in these past four years, but there it was this morning. Somebody has been through everything that I've been through all this time, so that's amazing. But that's not why we're here. Episode 25 is about something that I recently embraced. I don't know a lot about it yet, but I wanted to give you guys a brief overview of what I've learned and where I'm going with this topic. It's minimalism. What is minimalism? Well, uh, it's living a meaningful life with less. And how did I come across this topic? Well, this spring, maybe uh, yeah, maybe February, March of this year, I watched a documentary on Netflix called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. And these, uh, this is, it, it was a documentary on Netflix, a couple guys, uh, what are their names? Well, I, I, they have a podcast too called The Minimalists. Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. And uh, they, uh, they lived a corporate life and they managed retail stores and, and did all this stuff and had all kinds of money, big fancy houses, big fancy cars. They were in debt up to their eyeballs and all kinds of stuff. And then six, seven, eight years ago, Josh, his mother died and he was going to pack all her stuff up in a storage locker. And he took a look at his life and realized he didn't want all her crap. He lost his wife the the next the same month, I guess it was. He's told this story so many times on the podcast that I, I should know it off by heart. But anyway, his mom died and then his wife left him or they broke up or, or something happened. And he decided to get rid of his debt, start getting rid of his things, and he did. And then his friend Ryan saw what he was doing and Ryan had a packing party and packed up all his stuff and only unpacked over the next month what he needed to use. And it turns out he didn't need 90% of his things. So they spent a couple years making this documentary and they've gone on tour all over the world and done all this stuff and they've got a blog and a website and they've written three books. This spring I watched their documentary and it really hit me hard. It was like a gut punch, I guess. It made me take a look at my own life and if I'm living with intention and, and all these things and I realized that I'm probably not really living up to the potential that I could be because my house is 
filled with so many things. I've been a collector, like I've said, pretty much all my life. 30 or 40 totes of Star Trek, Star Wars, and comic book collectibles. You name it, and I've probably got it. And it's all in boxes, all in the basement, not on display. Probably 10 to 15% of my stuff has ever been on display at one time. And, and why? What am I doing with all this stuff? Nothing. It's just sitting in a box. The boxes are collecting dust. Even the uh, the collectibles that I have on display are collecting dust because I don't look at them all that often. So I had to really take a look at what I was doing with my life. What I did was, after, after watching this, I, I tweeted out to the world, I just watched a documentary on minimalism. I think I'd like to try it. And I did not get much support. I got a lot of laughter and whatnot from people who know me. Oh, there's no way you could be a minimalist, and so on and so forth. And for the most part, they may be right, but I have made progress. Uh, what have I done in the last few months? Well, I'm doing some cleaning, and I have been able to let go of some certain things. For example, I was cleaning out a closet uh, maybe three weeks ago. And I think I actually mentioned these black and orange, vaguely racist statues on one of the previous episodes. So if I haven't, uh, there was these two statues that my grandparents had for as long as I can remember. I guess they were African. They had turbans on their head. The people were black. They were wearing all orange and they were just sitting. And anyway, uh, three or four years ago, one of the statues broke and the head fell off. But I kept it and I was always going to glue it back together because they were my grandparents and they were important. And everything my grandparents had or owned was sacred to me for some reason. So three weeks ago, I texted my brothers and I said, uh, I'm downsizing some things. Do you guys want these statues? Do you guys remember them? And they didn't want them. I don't think there was any value to them. And, and I was never actually going to fix the head on the thing. So it hurt me, but I threw them in the garbage. And that was a great big step. Because I miss my grandparents a lot, and I have a lot of good memories, and well, what, am I, what am I doing with these things? Nothing. The, the, the statues were in a box in the closet, and I hadn't looked at them in about two years. I was like, oh, I guess I don't need to keep every last thing that has sentimental value for some reason. They're not important to my life. They're, they're not even nice-looking statues put them in the garbage bag, took the garbage bag out, and they were gone. I could have kept the one that was in good shape, but I didn't. It went. It went away. My brother came up here two weeks ago, maybe, and I sent him back with all kinds of things. I sent him back with the end tables that were my grandparents, uh, the, uh, the record player that was my grandfather's, old antique vintage uh, metal minnow traps that were my stepdad's, you name it, anything that I could get rid of, I got rid of. I, I gave him uh, a box of hockey action figures that were my mom's. I gave him shelving units that I had, but I wasn't using. And I could have sold them, but I gave them to him. And I, I filled up his truck, and off he went. And uh, I, I said, here you go. You can you can split it up with, uh, with our other brother, or you could throw it out, or you could sell it, or do whatever you want. Some of the stuff was, I wouldn't really call it heirloom stuff because those coffee tables were pretty crappy and wobbly, but they were from the family and all the people who owned them are all gone now. And so I was left to be the caretaker of things and uh, I didn't want to just throw them out. So 
Uh, is it minimalism? I'm not sure, but I don't have it anymore, and I don't care what happens to it. It's gone, and that's really all that matters. I guess an important aspect of minimalism is only bringing into your life what you find value in. And they, they talk about that a lot on their on their podcast. And they say, don't buy things that are for just in case or just for when. Uh, if you're going to go buy something, don't go into debt to buy it. I wish I would have known about minimalism years ago. I'd heard of it vaguely because I remember hearing that Albert Einstein owned only enough stuff that he could uh, carry it around in a suitcase or something. I don't know if that's true. I've never actually looked into the validity of that or whatever. But I always liked that idea. Just having enough stuff to get by, not being burdened by a million different things. And I, I don't know if I could live like that. Because I've always had stuff. I've always had books and action figures, collectibles. I've moved so many times and all these toads have come with me here and there and everywhere. And I've got stuff from 30 and 35 years ago. So many things, I don't even know what to do with them. So I've started selling some of the things off. An important lesson of minimalism is not going into debt to buy things. So they say, uh, if you're going out to dinner, don't put it on a credit card because you're going to pay interest on the credit card. So that $60 dinner ends up being $70 or $80 worth if you don't pay your credit cards off right away. And so I've, I've taken that lesson and I've been applying it to my own life. I've pretty well stopped collecting things. Like, I was a big collector. I had so many things. I do have so many things. It's it's overwhelming. And it's a little daunting trying to now downsize my collections of things. The easiest way would just be to give it all away. But there's a lot of value in the stuff that I have. And some of the things I want to keep. And some of the things I'd like to sell. Some of the things I could probably donate. Like, uh, for example, I, three or four years ago, I went on this kick where I wanted to have a bunch of movie memorabilia. So I I got uh, some heat lights. You know those lights that they have uh, at a movie set? I I guess they're they're so bright, they take all the shadows away. So I got a couple of those, and I got a bunch of uh, film reel canisters and whatnot. And it's just been sitting in a box forever. So I, I looked at them the other day, and I kept one tin and one metal film reel but all the plastic ones i just i just threw them out they're gone i threw out my grandparents old polaroid camera i I think it was my grandparents i don't even know whose it was it's just something that i had in a box from somewhere i don't even know i don't even know where this box came from actually but it had uh my 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 grandfather owned a business. He was a mechanic and he owned a, a truck service where he would fix big rigs and so on. So in this box, I found a bunch of his old memo pads, some stationery from the business with the logo on it, which I kept because I remember drawing on those as a kid. So I kept the little stack of paper and I've got the memo pads. My one brother wants the memo pads, so I'm going to give those to him. There was a Polaroid camera in it. I don't know where it came from. I I had it sitting around the house here for about a week and a half, and finally yesterday I was like, I, I don't even know if this works. It, it was all wonky. I, it wouldn't even open properly. So I threw it out. It's gone. And that was that. So this whole minimalism thing is basically getting rid of things from your life that you don't need, that don't hold any value. The The one thing that they keep talking about is that your memories are not in the things themselves. Your memories are in you. So take a picture. Take a picture of the things, and but don't don't 
print out the picture because then that's just more stuff. Scan it. That They're big into scanning parties. Scan all these pictures. You can uh, label them. You can get an external hard drive. You can do all this kind of stuff, but you don't need the physical stuff. Don't keep receipts. Scan it. Put it in your computer. They're, they're big on that. If you watch their documentary, I think it should still be on Netflix, you, you see all these people from different walks of life. Uh, there's uh, a guy and his wife with six kids, and they're all minimalists. And then there's the whole tiny house movement. And there's a lot of different things. Where am I in all of this? Well, I've got a lot of crap still. And what I do need to do is go through the totes one by one and start selling off the things that I don't want. And I'm going to do that. That's my plan. Uh, but in the meantime, I've stopped buying things. Christmas is coming up. And usually, I see all these things that I want in the store. And I'm like, oh, i got to have this. i got to have that. But now that I've stopped buying things and I've decided to stop collecting, it's so hard to know what I want. That's... It's, it's kind of uh, jarring, I guess, is the best way to put it. What do I spend my money on? I guess I don't spend my money. I guess I save it and pay down my debt. And, and they're big on that, too. Don't start saving for retirement unless you've paid off your debt. Don't buy anything that you can't pay for with cash. And they're big on that, too. Uh, both of them don't own a house, these minimalist guys. And uh, what they're saying is, if you're going to buy a house, save up at least 50% of the money and only get a 5- to 7-year mortgage. So if you're going to buy a car... Save up the money and pay for it in cash. And pay down your debt. If you have to get a second or third job, do it. You have to make uh, short-term sacrifices for long-term gains. And, and this stuff I'm, I'm just really starting to get into. I've listened to maybe half the episodes of their podcast. I think I listened to episode, what, maybe 66 today, and I think they have 107 as of this recording. I don't know. It's just it's a new experience for me. I'm not a minimalist yet. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going on a minimalism journey because I've always been a maximalist. I remember always taking things that uh, people would give away. Do you want this? Yes, I do. It didn't matter what it was. When Trish and I were moving from one house to another, uh, the house we were moving to was about half the size that we of the house we were currently in. It, the The house we had was three bedrooms. It was just a rental, but it was three bedrooms. It had a huge rec room with a secondary rec room off off of it with all my collectibles in it. It had a big, big dining room and living room and a separate kitchen. And it was just amazing. And when we first moved in there, we had hardly anything to fill it with. Uh, every time somebody was giving something away, we would say, sure, we'll take it. But then when we were moving, I don't know how many loads we took to the dump because the stuff we had it was serviceable but like old chairs old couches old tables that we would use for whatever but it was all garbage and most of the stuff didn't fit so we took so many loads to the dump one of the things the minimalists say is just because you have a space it doesn't mean you have to fill it and i'm like wow i guess that's true just just because i have a spare room doesn't mean i need to fill it with all kinds of things that's that's where I am right now. I'm not taking anything extra. I'm getting rid of as many things as I can, donating whatever I don't need. I'm going to uh, start going through the totes and selling things off and going through all my collectibles and seeing the few things that I do want to keep and what I don't want to keep. It's, it's going to be a several years long journey, but I've already started and it's it's kind of scary. It's kind of exciting. 
but we'll just have to see where it goes. So that's just a really brief overview of what minimalism is and my journey through the first little parts of it. Don't really know too much about it yet, just learning as much as I can, trying to be more intentional with the things that I bring into my life, and just being more self-aware. And I think that's important for everybody. What I'd like to know is, are any of you going on a, a journey? Some kind of a new adventure? Something scary? If you do, I'd love to hear about it. Tell the Soul Forge listeners your stories. You can send an email, you can send an mp3, uh, you could just comment on the Facebook page like the guy I was talking about at the beginning of the episode did. I just love hearing your stories, what you have to say. Any feedback is great feedback. Just want to say how much I appreciate you guys being on this journey with me. I'm not a f- I'm not fully formed yet. I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody wants to be. We're all learning and experiencing life as we go. It's exciting, it's scary. And we don't know where we're going to end up. And does it matter where we're going to end up? No, as long as we keep trying to be the best that we can be, that's what counts. So, this has been a special episode 25. I can't wait to talk to you guys next time on episode 26. If you'd care to leave some feedback in the iTunes store or the podcatcher of your choice, that is definitely appreciated. And remember, strong people rarely have an easy past. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast with Sean Vanderloo. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. We are Soul Forge Pod on Twitter. You can follow Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vanderloo. Please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. To support the show for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash Darth Vaderloo. Thanks for visiting the Forge. We will see you for the next episode. We spend so much time on the hunt, but nothing ever quite does it for us. And we get so wrapped up in the hunt that it kind of makes us miserable. Black Friday shopping mania is still playing out tonight at malls across America. High hopes of saving some big bucks on those holiday gifts. In some cases, it did turn violent. We've, as a culture, have lost our minds. There's no question that what it means to have achieved the American dream has increased tremendously in material terms. This is not something that just happened yesterday. This is something that has been sold to us over the past hundred years by those that want to make a whole lot of money. Now that's what I call a good-looking car. You have this thing that you were obsessed about, but then the new version comes out, and now you no longer care about the one you have. In fact, the one you have is a source of dissatisfaction. People are beginning to recognize that they've maybe been tricked. There is no out until you become aware. You're not going to get happier by consuming more. Ready? I was born ready. There's nothing wrong with consumption. The problem is compulsory consumption. We're tired of it. We're tired of acquiring things because that's what we're supposed to do. When I heard about minimalism, it wasn't about just getting rid of my stuff. It was about taking control of my life and stop being told what to do and actually deciding what I wanted to do. When I first started reducing the number of things in my life, I found out that I had 51 things in the entire world. We've probably sold or donated at least 90% of our stuff. As I started to move that stuff out, I was able to finally realize what I had sacrificed. 
I don't know what the most common three words are in American homes. I don't know if it's I love you or if it's I want that. This same thing that's not making us happy is also causing the degradation of our habitat. We're going to have to give up a lot. The secret is that a lot of that we're not actually going to miss. What I found with minimalism is it's a way of saying, let's stop the madness. When you recognize that this life is yours, and that it is your one and only, and when that seeps directly in your bones, and you recognize that this is it, everything changes.